All right. Well, my life scripture, I'm going to leave you with that because it just I call on it every day. It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. And it says, trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him and he shall direct thy path. That's how Amen. I survived. And that's how I live every single day leaning on the Lord. Do you need encouragement to turn tragedies into your own triumphant life story? If so, this podcast is for you. Listen to powerful guests who have persevered through challenges so you can gain strength to build your championship life. The host of Professor of Perseverance Podcast, Dr. James Perdue. Hey, come on in again today. It's a favorite beverage. Now, I don't care if it's Peppa Joe's, Gatorade, uh, maybe something a little harder. My mom actually one day we were going through the store one day. She says, oh, let me get some of this lemonade. And it was that hard mic lemonade. Hey, she was going to go for the good stuff. So whatever your beverage is, come on in. We got one's going to get you fired up today. She is known as the most positive and happy quad amputee you'll ever meet. Wendy Wallace, welcome to the show. Hey, James, thanks for having me here. No, thank you for coming in. We've already tested the time earlier, and we've got a little trials and tribulation today already, and Satan just doesn't want your message out, and we're going to pump him in the butt and tell him, get out of here, buddy. Hey, that's a good plan. So, all right, Wendy, so how, how can you be a quad amputee, quad meaning four, so I'm assuming something on all four limbs, how can you be a quad amputee and be the most positive, happy person anybody could ever meet? Well, I suppose it's perspective, right? You either respond or you react to the cards you've been dealt. And I just kind of grabbed a hold of the Lord through the whole mess and he got me through it. And I decided to help him along and make my message bring him honor and glory. And amen, sister. Enjoy. It's great. Hey, amen, sister. Yeah, yeah. I, you know, when I, I became a quadriplegic, and I, I don't have good finger motions, uh, but I, I'm able to push my chair around and able to drive and able to dress and you know doing very well. And so, but you know, when I lost everything, I whined and cried and bitched and griped and why me? I mean, I was the most pitiful thing people ever saw. I'm sure for a while, and finally, I'm like you, I had to wake up and go, hey. It's neither whine and cry and do nothing or fight and persevere and do something. It doesn't help. Yeah. You know, uh, with uh, Zig Ziglar, <laughs> you know, I'll paraphrase him, but he says being positive doesn't mean yeah, negative stuff won't come, but it means when negative does come, you can handle it better than someone that's negative. Exactly. So, exactly. Hey, Wendy, I like your uh, pillow in the back area. You got blessed. So oh, I like yeah. that in the in the in the, in the background. All right, uh, so Wendy, let's let's get into this your your story your journey. How did you become this quad amputee? Well, I was a busy mom running uh, three teenage kids, a household, a business from home, and just you know, life was good. We but we were as busy and. It was one of those weekly events one of my kids was attending and I was 
I went to go get them and bringing them home, I started to feel a little sick. And I thought, well, okay, here we go. We're getting the flu. And, but I also noticed an unusual swelling on my leg. And mm -hmm. so I came home, went to bed. My husband took over with the kids and everything. And I just figured I'd sleep it off and Lord willing, it would go away. Well, now you say, uh, was suspecting the flu. Was it flu season, summertime, wintertime? No, it, well, it was April. It was the okay. first part of April. Okay. And couple of days later, it became pretty evident I wasn't getting any better. In fact, I was going the opposite direction. So mm -hmm. we decided to jump in the car. He was going to take me to the hospital. But on the way there, I stopped being able to breathe. And we ended up, the hospital's only half hour from my house. Mm -hmm. So we pulled over and called an ambulance so I could get some oxygen. The last thing I remember, I got to the hospital, they put the oxygen. I remember arguing with them because I'm very claustrophobic and I did not want that mask on my face, but I wanted mm -hmm. to breathe. And I remember arguing him with them about putting that on my, over my nose. And that was it. That was the last thing I remember. Um, fast forward about probably 12 hours, I was life flighted to a new hospital where they could better care for me. And that swelling on my leg was actually an ingrown hair that had contracted a flesh-eating bacteria called necrotizing fasciitis. It's easy for you to say. <laughs> I know. Try spelling <laughs> it twice, right? I hear you. I hear you. Okay. All right. So, wow. So, that ended up being the opening to let this bacteria in. Yeah. So, okay. I was. I ended up in a coma for three weeks. I was in the hospital for three months before I came home to start life as a quadruple amputee mama of three teenagers and a, and a wife to my hero. And it was just, it's interesting because I don't have a whole lot. Certainly I don't remember anything about the coma except for one thing. And that was, well, let me backtrack a little bit. Doctors told my family she doesn't stand a chance. Yeah. Prepare yourself. She's not going to make it. There's no way on God's mm -hmm. green earth that she will survive this. And my husband, he looked that doctor dead in the eye and he says, you don't know my God and you don't know what he's capable of. Amen. We don't believe you. We're going to pray this, pray through this whole thing. Our church prayed, you know, I had a business. I was in, it was a national company. I had friends and family across the country. Everybody was praying and things started to turn, right? God was hearing our prayers. He answered those prayers. The only thing was in order to save my life, they had to amputate my hands and my feet. Yeah. So the only thing I remember from that time period was that they actually turned off the medicine that was keeping me in the coma to tell me what was happening. Mm -hmm. And I remember that part, which was weird because I don't remember a whole lot of even the time that I was awake in the hospital, mm -hmm. but I remember seeing my, my hands, they were just black and ugly and dead. Yeah. Because the blood flow yeah. was no longer reaching those extremities. It was working on all the important things like my heart and my, kidneys yeah, yeah. And, and that sort of thing. So, but they woke me up and they said, okay, you got a choice. This is your choice. 
we can either say your goodbyes now or we can amputate. But when you wake up next time, you're not going to have your body parts. And I thought that was unusual that it, they were leaving it up to me because what did I know? I had no idea what was going on. And I think maybe they just didn't want me surprised. But even even then coming, I, I'm surprised it went straight to you like that as well. Yeah. Because I would think you were still being in a delirium situation where you're coming and going. And I mean, how can you make a, a, the best conscious decision? Again, even with the medicine turned off, you still have yeah. a foggy mind. And what are y'all talking about cutting my hands? Well, well, I mean, why are y'all doing that? You know, right. what, do you, what do you mean? What do you mean if I don't get them cut off, then I'm dead? What, what I mean, I would want more. Yeah, I'm surprised that they did that. Yeah, I figured they would yeah. have left it to the husband. And it was weird. And, you know, uh, he was standing there with the doctor and he was just he was just devastated. And yeah. I'm like, you know, I'm not ready to go. Look at him. He needs me. I need my family. That's right. Just do what you have to do. And then out with the lights. Yeah. And then the next thing I remember is waking up with bandages where my hands and feet had been. Mm -hmm. Wow. I mean, that's that's a lot right there in this small period that we've heard. But yeah, yeah I'm, I'm really surprised they would have they would have no gave you that again. I don't see how they think that would have been the uh, best conscious decision. I mean, I would have think you've been hallucinating and whatever else you know, and wouldn't temporarily not be in control of your thoughts. So sure. really surprised that, but wow. Okay. So you gave the best, uh, best answer possible then with God. And of course your husband giving the best answer possible. You don't know my God and my wife. And yep. So awesome. that's awesome. So, all right. Um, now, uh, so how long were you in the hospital after amputation? And I'm sure you went through some physical therapy. Uh, yep. afterwards. I was two months and then a month of rehab. Um, and then I came home in a wheelchair um, for family, friends, our church family had fixed the, the house, thankfully had, it was fairly new and it was wide open, but we had folks readjust the bathroom so I could get in there with the wheelchair and there was mm -hmm. a ramp put up. But other than that, uh, it was ready to go. Now, how were your children at this time? I think mostly everybody was just happy to have me home and they knew that it was going to be a uphill climb, but we were all ready for it. We mm -hmm. didn't know what to expect just because I had to learn how to do everything. But, but how, how old were they? Oh, 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 I'm sorry. Um, 13, 15 and 18. Okay. So My, they're old enough to understand oh, what's yeah. going on here. Okay. Okay. I mean, because oh, I was thinking yeah. if he was under 10 or something, then they're, they're going, what's wrong with mama? So, but yeah, they're old enough to understand. Okay. Yeah, and, yeah exactly they, what you took. Yeah, exactly what you just said. Y'all coming home with a new experience that you've never done before. You've never really met anybody that's going through what you're going through. So right. everything you do something that day uh, is new and improved, hopefully improved. Yeah. 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 So that's the same thing when I came home the first time. I've never met a quadriplegic uh, that I can remember. I did go to school with a guy that was in a wheelchair, uh, but he had some type of muscular dystrophy, you know, mm -hmm. thing. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, where I came home, yeah, we're all new to the environment. Uh, yeah. You pretty much just have to trial and error, figure things out, how, how things that everybody else just takes for granted. 
Oh, exactly. You know, like um, getting uh, into the refrigerator or opening doors. Well, and uh, most personal thing, going to the bathroom. Yeah, you, know, you know, because you want to learn to definitely take care of that as much as possible by yourself. Right. That without, without your husband. Right. And not that he wouldn't do it for you, but for everybody's embarrassment sake and yeah. So we just did want to learn. I love physical therapy, even they do an awesome job. But one of my critiques is they lump everybody in the same thing, like all spinal cord injuries. Well, this is what this guy's doing, and you ought to be able to do it. Mm-hmm. Well, same thing with you. I'm sure they did certain things. And they're going, well, Wendy, this is the way it's done before with other people. Well, you may not be able to do it, but you can do it a different route and get the same thing done. Right. I had a really good uh, physical therapist. And they're awesome. Yes. But I don't that's like my them. Only one I thing. hate physical therapy. <laughs> oh, well, then see, that's the, that's the physical therapy I love is when you hate them because they're doing, they're busting their butt to get you back where you belong. And you, right. yeah, when you don't like them, they're doing their, when they're playing around, kidding around, they're bare doing a little bit of things. No, 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 no. I won't be pushed to get the best and the most out of it. My my therapist was a Marine Corps drill sergeant. Yeah, oh, there you go. Yes, and I fought with him every single day. But there you go. You know, he he got me to where I needed to be, and so I wanted to be home. And my oldest son was graduating from high school, and they had my you know the date that they had anticipated I was going home was after that graduation, and there was no way I was not going. Mm-hmm. And so thankfully everybody uh, teamed up and helped me get there because they knew I was breaking out if they weren't going to let me go. <laughs> there you go. That's right. Going on a jailbreak. All right. So uh, no, I'm glad that you had a tough one. Uh, again, you hate them. They're so much stricter and harder, but again, they're getting more out of you. I mean, yeah. you're so pissed off mad and everything and they want to see that because now they're learning how bad do you really want to do. Exactly. So I, I, yeah, I really admire them. But that is the one thing that I have is they would lump in like spinal cord injury. That's all I can compare with, you know, right. that this guy's doing this. You should be able to do it. Well, now right. I weigh 50 pounds more than he does. <laughs> and so I can't do that. But give me a different way and we'll figure it out. So. All right. So the how many times had you uh, did you get mad at one of your children and course you don't have your hand or anything to discipline you said don't let me have to get my prosthesis and uh come after you so actually uh, it's the other way around because my kids are sassy and mm-hmm. my daughter who's the middle child has a regular tendency of threatening to steal my leg if she don't like the way <laughs> i'm behaving <laughs> i've got a, a friend she has multiple sclerosis and young uh, it's been 30 years ago that uh, her baby, uh, I guess he was four or five years old, had realized mama couldn't get up and paddle him. So hmm. if he moved a chair where she couldn't reach it. And so, yeah, he learned to do that early on. Yeah. So yeah, because uh, there's a button on the side of my prosthetic legs. And so Megan will always say, now don't make me steal your leg, mom. And then we have a new grandbaby. She's 10 months old. And so my daughter has already threatened to teach her. How to steal Grammy's leg. Oh, there you go. I'm like, oh, I have no chance here. (laughs) I had a teacher in the ninth grade. Uh, She had lost one of her legs from cancer. And one of her stories she told, she got up one morning for Christmas and her uh, college roommate 
uh, at that time had t- taken her leg and hung it on the Christmas tree. And they were putting uh, <laughs> gifts and goodies in her prosthesis. Yes. <laughs> you know, I think it's important to laugh at, at every aspect of it because it's so bizarre and unusual. And, you know, the story that just come to mind is, you know, I was fairly new in my legs and I was at a football game. Our youngest was playing football and I'd crossed my legs and I'd popped the button un- unknowingly. Mm-hmm. And when I went to pull my legs back in, one of them fell off. And, you know, my first instinct was to yell, oh, no, my leg fell off, at which everybody around me turned <laughs> to find out yeah, what was yeah. happening. And my son thought it was the kookiest thing. He wanted me to do at every football game because he wanted me to distract the other team so they could get an advantage. Oh, there you go. Now, for the people who are listening, don't understand this button is like um, a vacuum it's release. A, yeah, it's a, a pin mechanism that holds my my leg onto my my real leg. And, it, and it, is that uh, again by suction when you put your leg in and it releases? It's a lock. It's a lock. Yeah. So, like, it I have releases a, pressure to a let, liner to let that, that come has out. a yeah. I have a liner that has a pin on it. And that yeah. snaps into the prosthetic. Mm-hmm. So when you push the button, it releases that pin lock. And it now, how, me to come out of it. How far is your amputations on your legs? Um, oh, mid-calf. Okay. And thankfully, you know, when you get four, they're able to line everything up. So both legs are even, both arms are even. The arms mm-hmm. are just about above the wrist. So I have a good amount. And in case yeah. you're wondering, this is how I... Blog, how I run my business, my laptop, yeah. everything is done with this stylus. And when I'm feeling really ambitious, I slap one on the other side and I can do it. There you type. go. That's how I type with one finger, one finger and one finger on each hand. Mm-hmm. That's how I type. So I don't I don't have pencils yep. or what you're using. Yep. I do the I do the old hunt and pecks uh system. So yeah, if my husband needs something texted or something, he'll give it to me and say, here, you're faster than me. You do it. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, when you learn what you're doing and everything yeah. and you get get focused, yeah, you you, you move right along. Now, um, uh, your, your prosthesis for your upper body, the hand, do you have hand hands? No. Because I remember when I was younger, um, they had the people who had those hooks, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I, I tried those. And now they've got hands, hands, yeah. I tried those. I tried the hooks. And then they also have something called myoelectric arms, which run off the nerve impulses in your mm-hmm. arms. And mm-hmm. so you can make them open and close, but that's all you can make them do. So okay. they were super heavy and I couldn't get them on myself. So if I was home alone, I couldn't get them on. Yeah, so yeah. I just decided, you know what? We donated them. We donated the hooks, got everything out of there, and I use this. And it's so much more useful than, you know, because even if I were to, like, pick up a, a cup or something, I, I, the arms were too far away, and I couldn't reach my mouth to drink. Yeah, yeah. So I do way better without any prosthesis on my arms. Mm-hmm. Than, but my uh, legs, you know, what's cool is you put them on in the morning. I don't even think about them during the daytime. Yeah, they become second nature to you then. Yeah. yeah. And, and so, um, 
Yeah, I find it interesting. Technology is great and the way it's developing for the future. But like you said, uh, the hands are so heavy. They're almost, they're not worth using sometimes. Right. Not, and to, now, say, not to say somebody else couldn't have figured out a way or done whatever, but for you particularly, they were just so much heavier that uh, yeah. they were really negating what what you could be doing. Yeah. Yeah. This happened 11 years ago. And I know that now I'm sure they're new and improved and way better than they ever were. But I'll tell you what, even back then, it was so incredibly pricey. Yeah. I don't even want to try. I've got a system now. I don't really need to worry about getting insurance coverage to start mm-hmm. all over again and get fitted sad, for something. New. Sad, thing I've, sad thing I've told before is um, I'm glad I'm having my disability during this time than mm-hmm. 40 years ago. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I've been, well, I've been in a wheelchair nearly 40 years. So now let's say 50 years ago and 100 years ago, you know, the because I'm nearly 40 years now. So, but because of the technology and the lighter the wheelchairs are, but they're really stronger to use and the technology. Right. Yeah. I'm glad that if I had to be disabled I'm during this time, then yeah, 100 years ago. Sure. So 100 years ago, you probably wouldn't even have made it. They wouldn't even thought about probably mm-hmm. amputation. They would have just thought about it. You, it's all gone. So Heck, even 40 years ago. Yeah. So I don't know, because this is fairly new. Um, I was very fortunate where the doctor recognized it right away, but there's a lot of ignorance about it. They don't know now. And then since I've been through my situation, I've heard about it. Of course, everybody will like, oh, I know this guy that did it and mm-hmm. uh, or had it and that sort of thing. But yeah, it it was pretty rare at that time. Just it was just starting to be where I live when our basketball team won the state uh, girls state basketball champions that one year with her. Well, we won it three years, but still her senior year. And she went off to college to go play basketball. And same thing with you. She felt like a flu symptom going on. And they said she was like in the bed for a week before someone finally got her to the hospital and she had some type of meningitis that mm. hit her, her freshman year. And she yeah. lost uh, legs and part of her hands and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but she went on and having a good life like you uh, married, got children and uh, yeah. finished her degree. And, but, but her basketball career was over with, but yeah, yeah. but uh, hers was a meningitis type of Now let's go back here. Uh, you mentioned uh, someone being a hero to you. My husband. My husband. There you go. My husband. You know, he God took that. Him. He took that better for worse to heart, didn't he? Oh yeah. In the, and, in the marriage vows. And had he known what he was getting into, I think he would have run really fast the opposite nah, direction. I don't, think, I don't think so. I've never <laughs> met him, but again, for him to be the hero and for him to hang in, no, he was there for the long haul. He was absolutely there. My kids were there, but you know, you know, the kids have moved on and mm-hmm. we're empty nesters now. It's just the two of us. And, but he still works 60, 70 hours a week. He comes home. There's certain things I can't do for myself that, mm-hmm. you know, and one of them is I can't cook. So he has to come home and cook dinner for us. There you go. And help me in the shower and just everything. And he doesn't want anybody else to do it. 
Yeah. Which is amazing. You know, we could hire somebody to come in and get me up in the morning and get me dressed and stuff, but he does not and want make that. it easier he, on him. He wants. There was and, um, ESPN. I can't think Ernie, his name's Ernie. I can't think of the last name. And he adopted a child and he was severely disabled. And they did a story on him, how he took care of his child. And this guy was in his twenties you know, helping him still bathe and take care. And this guy just so lit up with daddy helping him. And he, uh, the son in the past away years, years ago. Mm -hmm. uh, but yeah, Ernie took care of this child is, and he was up in his probably had to been 60 years old and wow. doing every the work to kept care for him and get him dressed and get him bathed, get him where he can eat, get him up so he can do whatever he needed to do. And yeah, the, it's amazing how people are. And, yeah. and when I say that, when I say that, it's a two two road street, you know how other people would have run from this, and not stay for the hard route, and yeah. and and I don't fault them because if you, I'd rather you run than uh, hear you griping and complaining, yeah, and making everything worse. And I would respect them to recognize this is just not for me, right. Uh, but then, yeah, it's a two-way street, and then you got those others. Uh, I got a bro my older brother. Yeah, he makes sure that uh, I can get in and out of bed and stuff, and and he goes does his work and everything. And mom and me here, and I'm taking care of mom the best I can with her at 82. And and yeah, so yeah, it's amazing how people are. And again, it's a two-way street. Yeah, yeah. So, all right, Wendy. Yeah. So, what else is going on? Do you, you wrote your book yet? Uh, well, the book, book turned into a blog. So I started a blog. I have a, like a 30 day devotional type book. Um, but I started writing and it all came through. Uh, it was like a wake up call for me. Cause you know, there's a period of woe is me. You got to well, give that a little bit of time. And I, I've um, learned that the writing is a good form of therapy. Yeah. Well, it came about because my daughter one day came to me and said, Mom, I think we should go tubing down the river. There you go. And yeah. I'm like, are you out of your mind? What kind <laughs> of sense does this make? To take a woman with no hands and no feet who can't fend for herself, throw her <laughs> in an inner tube and shove her down the river. Yeah. And she says, no, 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 it'll be good. We'll have fun. So we ended up doing that. And for the longest time, it, it took me several years just seeking, well, what do I do now? I mm -hmm. had lost my passion for my, the business that I had been running. Mm -hmm. And I knew that God had a plan for all this. I just couldn't figure out what it was. And I was afraid to try things because I just thought I wasn't going to be able to make them happen. And so this day when she suggested this tubing, we went and it turned out to be the best day since my illness that I've ever had. Mm -hmm. And what it proved to me was that I was capable of more than I was giving myself credit for. Mm -hmm. And I knew that if I was feeling the way I had been, that other people were too. And while others had asked, well, write your book, write your story, whatever. My reply was, I don't know how to write. I'm not a writer. I don't have those creative Amen, sister. You just write. You, you just, just write. write. You just and that's write. What I did. You don't have to have those anecdotes and funny things and a 
I mean, I'm like you. When I first wrote my memoir, it's straight to the point. Boom, 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 boom. Now I try to throw stuff into other stuff I've done. But yeah, you just write it. And here's what I've learned from writing is um, say whatever you're thinking of today and you're writing whatever. And then tomorrow you go, I don't know what to write. And you go, oh, wait a minute. Well, that may be chapter five. Go write part of chapter five. And if if you're not finished with it, then write chapter three. If it right. pops in your mind, just jump around, put it in your, and then you can set it up the way you want it when it's time. Yeah. So I, I, I started a blog and my goal was really to let other people know that, you know, you don't have to be stuck. You don't have to be in your pity party that, that you, you have this, this God that you can cling to that will get you through whatever it is you want to do. And so what started out as just kind of my experience as an amputee, which got old really fast because I didn't want to talk about amputations all the time. I want to talk about mm-hmm. moving on, mm-hmm. growing your spiritual life, growing your gratitude and your joy. Um, because growing my faith was a huge part of putting me in that place where I was willing to get in that tube and go. Yes. Right. So that's what I did. And the, the response has been overwhelming for me that people will email me and comment on my, my posts and just, I'm so glad I found you and this, that, and the other thing. And it's just wonderful. And so the more feedback I get, the more I want to write, I'm, I'm pivoting now into coaching Mm -hmm. because people need, they need people. Yes. People need Mm -hmm. people today more than ever the way things are going, the way this world's turning. Yeah. Today, more than ever. Yep. Um, You know, we don't typically feel peace and joy when we're faced with trials eventually. Yeah. But not in that moment. And so I know what it feels like to go through that. Um, And also, we also struggle with our fears about the outcome of a, health diagnosis or a financial Mm -hmm. crisis, right? So that's why I'm passionate about what I do is because I get to guide women into that everlasting peace and joy that can only come from Jesus. You're making me think of a Beverly Hillbillies when Granny sings, I got a joy, joy, joy down in my heart. (laughs) Yeah. For the young folks out there, go do a YouTube search on Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> you can watch Granny singing a joy, joy down in her heart. So, <laughs> oh, that makes me laugh because when my mom became a grandma, um, my niece called her Granny, and she's like, "I don't want to be no Granny. That's a Beverly Hillbillies Granny. I don't want to be a Beverly Hillbillies Granny." Oh, one great episode. Uh, they were trying to get her to quit doing her doctoring, and and, and uh, the uh. uh Beverly Hillbilly and trying to get him to stop doctoring. And the doctor says, you're not an MD. She goes, yes, I am. He says, you're an MD. She goes, yeah, mountain doctor. (laughs) (laughs) So mountain doctor. So, all right, Wendy, man, you have been a blessing to me today. And you have really shown, you brought in some, I'm like you, we got to have laughter. And there's research showing laughter is healing. And uh, we may not laugh when we're going through it. But after we get past it, look back and saw how much we have come and how much we have grown. And, and yeah, we can laugh about it. And then we can teach other people ahead of us 
on how they can get through, whether it's coaching, writing a book, journaling, but somehow you're going to teach other people how to get through their situations. Yeah. So, but you've been a big blessing here for us. Um, one of your big purposes, I know one of your purposes, you said God's got a plan, and I know one of the plan was to be here on the Professor of Perseverance podcast and giving us all a great example on not giving up and persevering in life. Amen. So, hey, go ahead and give out uh, some of your social media, your website, your blog, anything that you're going on. Again, anything that you're uh, a book or your other stuff that you're uh, uh, going to be working on. And we can get this stuff up uh, later on, let other people catch up with you. Sure. Okay. Well, my blog is called One Exceptional Life. It's at oneexceptionallife.com. My Facebook page is Facebook slash One Exceptional Life. But I also welcome um, personal friend requests because I like to get to know folks. You know, um, my personal Facebook page is W. W Wallace One um, for Wendy Wallace. And I have a free Facebook group that's called Women Living Exceptionally with Joy in Jesus. And everything I have is in my shop that's on my blog. So um, whether you're looking for a joyful living toolbox or a Bible study about getting your getting through the storms of life, um, it's all on there. Gratitude journals. I have all sorts of stuff. So um, and I also have a freebie for your audience. It's a five. It's a PDF. It's a five step guide to unlocking peace in the storms of life. And I'll make sure you have the link to grab that. Yes, and um, yeah, I'll put that in for someone to grab a freebies. We're all good. We're all about free stuff. So We like uh, yeah. free stuff, yep. That's right. My dad told me a long time ago, he, uh, of course, he grew up in the uh, 50s, 60s, that uh, you know used to have the collars popped up. And he said, he told me one day, he says, you never turned anything down. The only thing you turn down is your shirt, uh, shirt collar, and sometimes you don't turn that down. <laughs> so, Isn't that the truth? So, all right, Wendy. Well, I appreciate you being here. Uh, you've been a blessing. And, yeah, we'll get this uh, freebie going. And uh, your 30-day devotional that you had mentioned working on. Yeah, uh, so, it's called Victory Over Affliction. And that's in my shop on the website as well. As well as next- coaching. Yes, I definitely want to get to coaching uh, for someone yeah. to get hold of you for that. And but, so we'll we'll, we'll yeah, put all these links in. I would I would say if you want to get to know me a little better, come on over and join me on Facebook and see if I'm your cup of tea. There we go. Good deal. Um, yeah, one of my next books is is I think it's to be titled um, "Sometimes We Have to Walk Through the Fertilizer to Smell the Roses." <laughs> so, that's a great title well i think that's what i'm going to i think it's going to be one of my next books so all right that's wendy it. oh you've been a blessing today for us hey um if you don't mind uh we'll leave us with a positive message we know people are hurting and struggling and if you can leave them with some type of message to help them get through today that's going to be awesome all right well my life scripture i'm going to leave you with that because it just i call on it every day It's Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, and it says, Trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. That's how I survived, and that's how I live every single day, leaning on the Lord. Amen, sister. So, all right. Well, be sure to tell your husband, I said, uh, uh, maybe next time uh, we can do another one, and he can pop in, and and, uh, we can say hello and get to meet the hero of your 
of your life right there. So I will check into that. Absolutely. All right. Thank you. Hey, everybody else. Uh, be sure to share this out. You know, someone is struggling with something and get the uh, hold of Wendy to come help out uh, with her, get some coaching and go get this freebie that she's going to give to us. And we'll get those links and everything. And thank you, everybody else. I'm Dr. James Purdue, the professor of perseverance. Thank you for listening to the professor of perseverance podcast. Hey, everybody do something today, tomorrow, something next week that's going to help you persevere past your paralysis. Thanks for listening to the Professor of Perseverance podcast. For motivation, inspiration, and encouragement. For more information, go to Facebook at Professor of Perseverance. Visit the website at ProfessorofPerseverance.com and view the YouTube channel, Dr. James Perdue, Professor of Perseverance.